you're listening to a City on a Hill podcast. We'd love you to use and share this podcast, but please refrain from editing the content without permission from City on a Hill. If you'd like to know more about our church, or if you'd like to donate to the work of City on a Hill, please visit cityonahill.com.au. A dishonest man spreads strife, and a whisperer separates close friends. Whoever covers an offence seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates close friends. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Wealth brings many new friends, but a poor man is deserted by his friend. He who loves purity of heart and whose speech is gracious will have the king as his friend. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, profuse are the kisses of an enemy. Oil and perfume make the heart glad, and the sweetness of a friend comes from his earnest counsel. Do not forsake your friend and your father's friend, and do not go to your brother's house in the day of your calamity. Better is a neighbour who is near than a brother who is far away. Morning, everyone. Good to see you on this uh, beautiful spring morning. Uh, Let's pray as we come and move this topic of friendship. Father, as uh, we come to your presence this morning, we ask that you would be speaking. Lord, would you give us ears to hear whether we came in this morning and we're, we're just pumped to hear what you're going to say to us or whether we've come in perhaps reluctantly or it's been difficult. Whatever our situation, whether at home, watching online, Lord, would you now, by your Spirit, stir up our hearts, show us the beauty of the Lord Jesus, show us uh, the truth about friendship, and Lord, send us out with more information, but not just information, with the transformation that only you can bring. And we ask this together in the name of Jesus and God's people said, one loud voice, come on, amen. (laughs) There we go. Well, Mother Teresa uh, once said, well, she said many things, I think, with wisdom. One of the things she said, uh, of course, she worked a lot in poverty, with people in incredible poverty. She said, the greatest poverty of all is loneliness, said Mother Teresa. Uh, loneliness is, is something that can be very deep to us. Maybe, maybe this morning, for some of us, this is, this is a personal thing. Loneliness, the greatest poverty of all. But the good news is that no one's lonely anymore. I don't know if you knew that. Um, no one. Uh, we all have, on average, get this right, 338 friends, on average. Uh, and these are friends who will share their their, their photos with us, 
Uh, they'll share what they had for breakfast. They'll share the, the contents of their children's nappies. Uh, they will share all of their intimate secrets with us. No one is lonely anymore. And that's just like, what, the 2.95 billion users of Facebook, let alone all the other social media platforms there are. Loneliness is a thing of the past. Technology has destroyed it forever, hasn't it? <laughs> no, <laughs> it hasn't. Um, in fact, uh, many studies, you, you've seen them, I'm sure, as I have, have actually demonstrated that the increase of technology, and especially social media, has actually made people more lonely than they ever have been before. Uh, for example, there was a, an article in the New York Times uh, not long ago. It says this, uh, technology celebrates connectedness, but it encourages retreat. Each step forward has made it easier, just a little, to avoid the emotional work of being present, to convey information rather than humanity. Indeed, a recent survey in Australia found that one in three Australians of, of all ages would describe themselves as being always and often lonely. One in three. And uh, the loneliest demographics of all is two of them. This is very interesting to me. Uh, I would ask you to guess, but in guess in your mind, what do you think is the loneliest demographics? I think maybe we would have thought the living room demographic. That's where I would have gone. Actually, the loneliest two demographics are people that are 18 to 24 years old, young adults, and uh, people that are 45 to 54. The two loneliest demographics. I'm in one of those. <laughs> uh, Loneliness is so bad, actually, um, that in Australia, some people have called it a, the next public health emergency in Australia. Um, some countries, you may have heard, uh, two in particular, the United Kingdom and Japan, have both realised that such is the problem with loneliness that they've introduced a minister in their cabinet with a single portfolio, the Minister for Loneliness. Uh, loneliness is a really, really big deal. And on the, on the other side of loneliness, obviously lonely, we could define as, as being a situation where we don't have close friendships. That'd be a very simple way of describing loneliness. But on the other side, the benefits of friendship are really interestingly good. I mean, I think we know friendships are good, but when you look at the benefits, for example, um, friendship's life-giving literally. So according to medical research, people that have at least one close friendship live on average 20% longer than those who have no close friendships. That's, that's incredible. One friend will give you, apparently, 20% longer life expectancy, but it's not just life expectancy itself, it's quality of life. There's uh, significantly reduced levels of heart disease, chronic ailments, um, people that have a friend are more likely to exercise, eat healthier, have a far quicker recovery from illness, all of that in the medical area. In the psychological area, it tells us um, that strong, people with strong friendships have far lower incidence of depression, far higher incidences of mental health. In the economic area, this is one that I didn't realize, that people with one strong friendship uh, are likely, 60% uh, more likely to describe themselves as being happy in their workplace. Seems like it's completely disconnected. But there you go. Friendship is life-giving, and we shouldn't be surprised uh, because the Bible, at the very beginning of the book of Genesis, it says something that... Um, I may bring up next week when we look at marriage. It's in the definition of, it's in the context of heterosexual marriage in the beginning of the book of Genesis where it says um, that it is not good, God says, it is not good for a man to be alone. 
And we will often say, you know, that in that context, God creates a woman and the partnership's there. But it's more than simply a male-female dynamic in marriage. It's a fundamental truth that man, human beings, we are not created to be alone. It's not good for us to be alone. We're designed for relationships. We're designed for friendship. And that shouldn't surprise us either. Because if you ever thought about, that is who God is. Our God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God in three persons relating in an intimate friendship, the perfect friendship. Have you thought about that? Perfectly loving, intimate friendship is in the nature of our God. It's in his very DNA, if you like. It doesn't have to, you get what I'm saying? And it's in our DNA, because it's in his. So we are created not only for relationships, but for friendships, married or single, we're each created to enjoy Friendships. Friendships is such an important part of life. And you don't need me to quote statistics to tell you that, actually. You know it. I know it. And conversely, loneliness is such a terrible burden, such a terrible poverty. So um, as we look at Proverbs, you heard some of the Proverbs read that I'm going to look at. I can't cover all of what Proverbs has to say about friendships. But Proverbs, this book of wisdom literature, remember, wisdom literature says, this is how you live skillfully. In God's world. This is how you live according to the grain of God's world. Proverb is a, a, Proverbs is a book that says you, it, you're going to have to think about how you live skillfully. It won't just happen. And Proverbs has a lot to say about friendship. So I'm going to look at five different things I think Proverbs has got to say about friendship, not covering all of them, but covering, I think, some of the biggest ones. Firstly, friendship is necessary. Friendship is necessary. Uh, Proverbs um, has something to say about this. And the reason I think it has to say is that sometimes we can think it's not necessary. I spoke about the, the poverty of loneliness, but it's, po- it's actually possible to have the poverty of loneliness and, and think that it's a good thing. And sometimes in our communities today, we think, well, you know, I, I drive my car in and I, and I open up the garage from, and it comes in and I drive in and then I close the garage and I go into my house and that's where, that's where, that's where it's my little castle. And I have to relate to anybody else. It's a big dangerous world out there and I, I, I've just come in and I've just got myself or maybe, maybe my nuclear family. Proverbs though says, chapter 18, verse one, whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. So seeking to isolate yourself is not a helpful thing. It, it's seeking your own desire and it's breaking out against all sound judgment. Social isolation, even when we seek it ourselves, Proverbs says, is not a good thing. Friendship is necessary. That's point one. How quick was that? You know, like, are you impressed? My quickest point ever. Uh, secondly, friendship is dangerous. So friendship is necessary, but it's also dangerous. Um, friendship is a little bit like a chainsaw. I, I started up my chainsaw yesterday, coming to spring, getting ready, and, and chainsaw, you know, guys and chainsaws, there's something just special about that. It's just a good feeling. And, but chainsaw, friendship's like a chainsaw. A chainsaw is a really good thing. It can help you chop down a tree or it can help you chop off your leg, depending on how you use the chainsaw. And friendship, Proverbs says, is actually similar. Listen to this. Proverbs 13, 20. Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. 
Notice that? You walk with the wise, you become wise, you're a companion of fools, you'll suffer harm. And the reason is that you become like your friends. Uh, Who you are and who you are becoming will be, to some extent, a reflection of your closest friends. They will rub off on you. They will influence you either for good or for ill. Close friendship is dangerous because you open yourself, you, you create, you allow someone else into your life and it's a give and take relationship where you become like your friend. So Proverbs says, choose your friends wisely because they will impact you. Proverbs 20, 20, uh, 24 says this, make no friendship with a man given to anger, nor go with a wrathful man lest you learn his ways and entangle yourself in a snare. Proverbs says, choose your friends carefully because they will influence you. You'll become like them. And look, again, we don't need Proverbs to tell us this. We know this really, don't we? Proverbs just speaks about the grain of the world. Anyone that's had children or has been a child, which is all of us, and has been especially in the schoolyard, oh boy, peer pressure. And we've all, I think, seen, maybe we've experienced ourselves, when we get friends that are the wrong kind of friends, the peer pressure pushes pushes in directions perhaps we never thought we would go. Friendship is dangerous. Um, 1 Corinthians 15 in the New Testament, in verse 23, it's got a proverb of its own, really. It says this, do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. So be careful of your friends. And I know at this point, um, maybe someone in the mind is going, yeah, but, but, but Jesus was a friend of sinners. Jesus was a friend of, of foolish people and unwise people. And shouldn't we as Christians be friends to people who are foolish as well? Should, shouldn't we be kind and loving to those who perhaps are, have made a wreck of their lives? Because isn't that what God did to us? Absolutely he did. We're all just foolish people saved by the grace of a, of a loving God through his son, Jesus. But I think what Proverbs is speaking here is, is not about that, because in one sense, that's absolutely true. As Christians, we need to reach out with love to the world, whether they're foolish or they're not foolish. And that's, that's true. We, we, uh, we're not about all in this room here. We're wanting to be reaching out. That's, that's making Jesus known in a world. That's part of loving the world. But I think when Proverbs speaks about friendship, it's different. Um, Proverbs, when it speaks about friendship, is speaking about that, that intimate kind of relationship where you do open yourself up to another person. Because sometimes um, we can be friendly towards those in need, and it's almost, it's not an equal relationship. We're reaching out um, to them in love, which is a really good thing. Um, it, it's, it's good to do that. But Proverbs, I think, is talking more about that thing where we're walking side by side, there's an intimate connection. And that kind of friendship is the one that's dangerous because we need to be so aware that you look at that person and go, okay, um, is that person, is, is me spending time with that person making me more like Jesus? Is it filling my heart with, with more love and wholesomeness or is being with this person making me less like Jesus? Is it making me, introducing things into my life that are not wholesome and healthy? And if that's the case, then then you know, there's still a way to lovingly serve someone, but then be careful about that intimate relationship. It is like a chainsaw. Cut down a tree or cut off your leg. So second point. Third point. Friendship 
in Proverbs is limited. It's necessary, um, it's um, dangerous, but it's also limited. Proverbs 18.24, a man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Man of many companions may come to ruins. There's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Proverbs teaches us that many companions does not equal many friendships. And it's possible in, in the way we relate to other human beings to have lots of acquaintances and, and lots of, of, and we might even call them friends, but lo- lots of people that we can sort of chat to and get alongside to. Um, but true friendships are, are different. We have a limited capacity for true, deep friendships. There's lots of afraid acquaintances we can be friendly with, but there's only a few people that, who can be really deep friends, according to Proverbs. Uh, George Washington, uh, he's not writing the book of Proverbs, but he once said this, be courteous to all, but intimate with few, and let those few be well tried before you give them your confidence. So he's, I, think, I think he's right. What George Washington is saying is, is reflecting the wisdom of Proverbs that you cannot be friends with everybody. And if you think about it, it was actually the way that Jesus went as well, didn't he? Uh, Jesus was friendly to everybody. But he only had a few friends. He had 12 uh, friends that he invested closely in with a couple of others like Mary and Martha and Lazarus that he invested in. And then even within those friends, there was a circle of even closer friends, only three friends. Peter, James, and John. And then perhaps his closest friend of all from the Scriptures is who? John. When he's hanging on the cross and he says to John, you look after my mother. I'm giving this to you. He's his closest friend. So friendship is, is limited. It's important that we, reckon, we recognize that because, yeah, we can try to be friends with everyone and end up, unfortunately, being friends with no one. Third of uh, fourth, actually. Friendship is fragile. It's interesting that um, we're a bit out of sync with the other churches in City on a Hill movement, and I, I caught up with some of the, the pastors at City on a Hill this week, and we were talking about the topics, and I was like, oh boy, we had family yesterday, we had discipline, it's, 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 some of these topics are difficult, and they said, well, we had friendship. I was like, oh, what's, what? that's an easy one, isn't it? And, and they're like, no. Um, in the context of some of the other churches, friendship um, when this topic created a lot of pain, because uh, people were talking about, about the, the broken friendships in their church that this had opened up, or not only loneliness, not having any friends, but having friends that, where relationships have become toxic, they've become unhealthy. There's a, friendship is a fragile thing, because every relationship in this fallen world is fragile. Every relationship is vulnerable and Proverbs has a lot to say about warning us about some of the vulnerabilities or some of the fragility that comes with friendship. And there's a, here's, here's a couple of things, well, three of them. Firstly, one of the dangers that Proverbs points out is smothering, is what I'd call it. Um, Proverbs 25, 17 says, let your foot be seldom in your neighbor's house, lest he have his fill of you and hate you. <laughs> you know, Proverbs doesn't, doesn't muck around with words, doesn't it? It was like, um, it might have been Benjamin Franklin that said that um, friends are like fish, they go up, off after a couple of days, you know, and, and maybe, maybe that is true. Um, I think God's wisdom here is that we need to be careful about barging into our friends' lives 
all the time with our needy, demanding presence. Now, obviously, you know, friendship is, we're going to look at how friends walk alongside us in difficulty in a moment, but we need to be careful about, about smothering. One of the young adults at church told me this week it's called love bombing. I never heard of that, but I can see, I can see how that works. Yeah, love bombing is where you've got a situation of dependency. It's, it's all one way, and, and sometimes friendships can become really unhealthy because one part of, or one person in that friendship is trying to get from their friend what only God can give them. They're trying to get from their friendship what, what only a relationship with Jesus is able of doing, and that in the end can make it smothered. It can cause a friendship to, to die. So smothering is one danger. Second danger is, and this one in Proverbs is, is quite big, it's evil people or, or people with evil motives, and ultimately, I think Proverbs doesn't say this, but I think it's true, the evil one that stands behind those uh, evil people. And there's a a number of Proverbs who who speak about this. So, for example, 16.28, a dishonest man spreads strife and a whisperer separates close friends. So the whisperer the person or the dishonest person is seeking to, to separate close friendships. Why? Because they're envious or because they just, they're destructive or they're, they're jealous of the friendships there. But ultimately, the evil one we know, he comes to kill and steal and destroy. And the best thing he wants for you and me, in his view, is that we have that poverty of loneliness that Mother Teresa spoke about. So our friendships are, are, are fragile because they're under attack. In one sense, we're naive if we think that, that the evil one is not interested in our friendships. His friendships are so good for us, as the Bible insists that they are, and medical research and psychological research shows, then don't you think the evil one's going to try and get in between you and your friends? Of course he is. It's one uh, reason that in the book in the New Testament, Titus chapter 3, verse 10, Paul writes, as for a person who stirs up division... Dividing after warning him once and then twice, have nothing more to do with him, knowing that such a person is warped and sinful, he's self condemned. So, we, we need in our friendships to be aware of the dangers that there are those who seek to separate friendships. Proverbs 10, verse 12 says, Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers over all offenses. Now that, love doesn't condone offenses in a friendship, but love covers them over. Uh, one of the ways that we, we resist evil, the evil one and, and evil people that would seek to separate friendships is that we respond in our friendships with love, cover over offenses. I think the reality is if, if we don't cover over offenses, we're all going to offend against our friends, and if we don't cover over offenses in the end, we're going to end up with no friends at all. Love covers over offenses. And Proverbs 17, verse 9, whoever covers an offense seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates close friends. So friendships, like so many areas of our life coming up in a couple of weeks' time, we're looking at words. Watch your words, because friendships can be fragile. Um, third danger that we can see in the world, the way friendships are, are fragile, is we looked at smothering, uh, the opposite of smothering, perhaps, is a lack of investment. Uh, this is interesting, I think, for, for young adult and well, community because they're, they're just coming out of a period of their life when friendships are natural. You, many of you will remember it. School, you're kind of thrown in together. You, you know, you, school can be a very lonely place. 
but, but you're, you're put together, you're forced to spend time together. University can be the same, or those early years of, of job where, where you're all in with an, a group of apprentices or whatever. Um, friendships can come pretty naturally. You just think, oh, that just happens. They're, they're just there. But then we discover as we go on that friendships are fragile in the sense if we don't invest in them, that then they will suffer and potentially die. Uh, so Proverbs 27.10 says, Do not forsake your friend and your father's friend. Do not forsake. Um, the, the, the positive side of that would be invest. Stay close to your friend and your father's friend. Invest in those relationships. And, and that, of course, like anything else, means spending time together. Um, and if you can't spend time together, I mean, physically, then it means like, calling or zooming or you know being involved you continue to invest in the relationship and especially if if you're separated by geography you've got a good friend who's in another state it's it's you've got to work harder on those things and and it means i think also being there for your friend when they're struggling Um, sometimes it's easy to as a friend to think like my friend's there for me when i when i need it and then sometimes when when they need it 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 can at least i find it, it can be difficult to think like oh they're just so down at the moment, you know, like I'll, I'll give them a call, but then I'll feel, you know, because maybe they're going through a marriage difficulty or maybe there's a whole, you know, there's a whole lot of things and, and we feel like, oh, but friendship is investing in others even when, when they're going through a difficult time, when they, we might feel they're drawing us down. Um, if you've read the book of Job, which is another part of wisdom literature, uh, Job had three friends and they were not the best friends. If you, if you know the book, they just told him why it was all his fault all the time. Um, but you got to hand it to them that they at least were there for him. They at least showed up in Job's grief. And you're saying, yeah, it would have been better if they didn't. But, but at least they tried, you know. And <laughs> on a positive one, think about Jonathan. Um, the, the, probably the greatest friendship in the, in the Bible, perhaps, uh, that we see is Jonathan and David. And, and Jonathan is there for David when he is at his lowest points, when it looks like his life is, is hanging by a thread and is going to be cut off. So friends, therefore, why don't we invest in one another? It's been said that um, too many friends are like shadows. Uh, they come along happily with us in the sunshine, but they vanish when we enter the shade. And that's not the kind of friend that we should be. Proverbs 20 verse 6 says, Many a man proclaims his own steadfast love but a faithful man who can find. Let's be one of those in in our friendships. All right, so friendship is necessary. It's dangerous. It's limited. It's fragile for those reasons I said. Now, finally, it's beautiful. Friendship is is beautiful. Why? Well, here's at least three reasons that Proverbs gives us. 17, 17, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. Adversity, difficult times. A friend loves at all times. Friendship is beautiful because this road that we all walk is not always sunshine and roses. There are times when, when every one of our walks is dark and difficult. And friendship is beautiful, Proverbs says, because it provides companionship for us on a road that can be difficult. They're a gift from God to sometimes shine light into our worlds when everything seems dark. Maybe you can think of a friend like that that you have. I hope you can. Secondly, friendship's also beautiful because 
<laughs> a real friend loves you too much to leave you as you are. Why is this beautiful? It's not beautiful at the time, but it's beautiful in the big picture. Proverbs 27, 5 to 6 says, Better is open rebuke than hidden love. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Profuse are the kisses of an enemy. That faithful are the wounds of a friend. Profuse are the kisses of an enemy. See what it's saying? You would think that the kisses should indicate the friendship and the wound should indicate the enemy. Proverbs says you got it the wrong way. False kisses, they come from enemies. A wound in love comes from a, a friend. You see, this side of heaven, the only ones who don't need correction uh, are the ones who are perfect. And that, my friend, is a database with no names <laughs> in it. That's all of us. We all need correction. And a false friend will flatter you. Can't be bothered with the emotional effort of seeing something in your life that is, is hurting you. Too much trouble. They're going to react badly. Can't be bothered. Let's just not. A true friend will wound you for your good. Uh, when I was uh, 17 year, years old, brand new Christian, um, I fell for a girl at my school and she was, she was not good news. Under any series of category of an ideal marriage partner, she, I don't think she ticked anything. And uh, she, she was not good news, but I was heart and soul in, hook, line and sinker, probably more accurately. Um, I was completely all in. And I, I never forget um, my friend who I'd, I'd, he actually spoke here, uh, this year, last year, recently. Um, and he, he, we'd been friends since we were four years old. And, um, and, I, and I met with him and he, and he said, he just, he just looked at me and said like, you are such a fool. <laughs> She's destroying you. And I, I, was, I remember so, I was, I was like, how can you say that about our love? It's, I'm 17 and, and this, 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 this is, the, oh, she's so wonderful. And he says, you're being a fool. And, and I responded saying, well, thanks so much for sharing that. No, I went like, how dare you say that? That's like, you don't know. You, you know that's so hurtful. You're, who needs enemies? And I've got friends like you. You know, like you could at least support me in this. You know, everyone else at school supporting me. They think she's wonderful. You know, like, you know, like and you, you just come in like a wet blanket. You know, like, thanks a lot. Um, <laughs> I look back now and I see that there was a friend who, who loved me enough to wound me. Who, who, he could have just gone, oh yeah, like all the rest, just go along with her, she'll be fine. But he, he saw the end of that road and so he spoke the truth. And I look back and go, that is a kind of friend you can trust. We'll say the truth not to hurt you because hurting is the goal, but because they want to hurt you because they love you and they want you to grow. So you got a friend like that? Um, if you haven't, then maybe you could learn from my response to my friend is like, some people are just really hard to, to, to help, you know, like I probably was. So give your friends a permission to say, look, look, you know me, I know you love me, can you see anything in my life where I can really grow or where there's anything that's causing trouble? Be the kind of friend that is actually giving permission for that. And if you are a friend, um, have the guts to say to your friend, in love what you know needs to be said. Because some of us are a little bit like Labradors. 
you know, like, and, and, you know, we, we bound around and, you know, and we want to be, but we're friends with everybody and we're off and we're off and, oh, that's difficult, that's awkward, and I'm, I'm, I'm off to the next one, you know, and I think that, that's probably my instinct, I used to, would have been a golden lab one day, now I'm just a silver lab, but um, <laughs> you, can, you, can, uh, you can understand, I don't, don't want confrontation, it's hard, it's difficult, it's painful, so let's just go on to the next poverty conversation, say, that was a really good job you did that, you know, no, that's, that's not friendship, um, Proverbs 27, 17 is, famous proverb, and it's so true, it says, iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. And the image is, you know, iron, you know what happens when iron rubs against iron? You get sparks, you get friction. And Proverbs is saying that one man, a friend, sharpens a friend because they, they rub against each other and they, and they both come out sharper. So I want to be a true friend who's not afraid to wound in order to heal. And hopefully it's open to being wounded by my friends. Friendship is also sweet, third reason. Because it's not utilitarian. So many relationships in our world are utilitarian. You know what I mean by that? It means you want to get stuff. So you have relationships because you want to get a business deal or you want to... I don't know, you, you, there's, someone has something that you want and so you pursue a relationship and it's, it's all utilitarian. You think, what can I get out of this? Friendship in its core is not like that. Yes, there are wonderful benefits of friendship, but you don't pursue a friend for those benefits. You, you pursue a friend because there's this beautiful relationship where we're not asking what we can get. We're just enjoying the person. Friendship in, in its essence is like that. Um, Proverbs 27, 9 says, Oil and perfume make the heart glad. And the sweetness of a friend comes from his earnest counsel. Earnest counsel, talking together, that, that sweetness of, of relationship, of, that, that's beautiful in friendship. Uh, C.S. Lewis, um, he, he described the beginning of, of a friend as when you're talking with someone, you go like, you think that as well? I thought I was the only one. <laughs> that meeting of minds and hearts. And he, he goes on to say, and this is, this is such a good quote. C.S. Lewis says, Is any pleasure on earth as great as a circle of Christian friends by a good fire? C.S. Lewis understand that the friendship, not utilitarian, but just a meeting of, of hearts and minds and souls. That really deep, intimate friendship. One of the most beautiful things one of the beautiful, most beautiful gifts that God gives to us. All right, let's conclude. I, I don't know what this topic of friendship brings up with you. I have been a bad friend. I've been a good friend. I've had healthy friendships and I've had toxic friendships. I've been betrayed by friends and I've betrayed friends. Maybe you're the same. As we come to this topic, maybe it's all sorts of emotions come up in your heart. I think they probably do. But uh, Di saw my thunder before. Thanks, Di. Uh, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. There is a friend who's the cure to the great poverty of loneliness more than any human relationships, and his name is Jesus. He is such a good friend. He is such a good friend. This, listen to what this friend says in John chapter 15, verse 12. Jesus said, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. 
Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends, if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. Jesus says, you're my friend. If you're a Christian here this morning, Jesus is your friend. The friend who is closer than a brother. The friend who will wound you in order to heal you. The friend who is actually acting very unwisely hanging out with you because you're bad news. (laughs) And hanging out with you will, will cost him his life. On the cross, greater love has no one than this. He lays down his life for his friends. Jesus put it into action. If you're a Christian, you know that you are chosen by God. You you are chosen. You're loved. That no matter how lonely it may be in your world, and if you're going through a season where where you don't have those close friendships or you have friendships that are unhealthy, Jesus loves you. You have a friend who will never leave you or forsake you. In a dark world, you've got a companion on the road, a companion who wants to spend time with you. Have you thought about that? He wants to spend time with you so much that he has bought you so he can spend all of eternity in a holiday house with you. (laughs) He must think fairly highly of you. He's your friend. Now, obviously, the other side is if you're not a Christian here this morning or you don't quite understand what this is, Jesus wants to be your friend. His arms are wide open. No one who comes to me will I ever turn away, Jesus said. Proverbs says, choose your friends wisely. Jesus looks at you and says, I want you to be my friend. Come to me when you're weak and heavy laden and I'll give you rest. Come to me. So I don't know, maybe this morning you're not a Christian, maybe you're online. You don't know what it is to walk with Jesus as your friend. It's a good day to start. And you say, well, how? What have I got to do? Have I got to go through this and go through this course and do that? no. You come to Jesus. How do I do that? You just talk to him and say, Jesus, I've not been a very good friend. In fact, I haven't been your enemy, but I want to be your friend. Would you forgive all the stuff that I've done? Would you save me? Then can we walk through the rest of life together, please? Just a prayer like that. Each one of us has the opportunity to do that. And if you don't know Jesus, do it this morning. Do it this morning. Do it even as we sing the closing songs in a few moments. And then if if you do, then come, come and chat to me or chat to someone else about it. Because true friends of Jesus have no greater joy than seeing other people become friends of Jesus. Isn't that true? But there's one more thing as well. And that's that that our church, this should be a place, our our community should be a place where we're loved by Jesus, we're called his friends, and where true, genuine friendships are able to foster and to grow. Obviously, we can't be friends with everybody in the church. We can be friendly with everybody, and we should be. But hopefully, I pray there's, there's a place, within our church community, there's a place where you can find deep, true, constructive friendships 
Friendships that will make you more like Jesus, will help you grow, will walk alongside you with the long haul. And this is especially important because we live in a world that says that anything that doesn't have sex in it is somehow less valuable. We live in a world that says any genuine relationship has got to have sex or it's not fully fulfilled. And that's a lie. The Bible teaches us, Jesus teaches us very clearly by his example as well as by the world, by his words, that we're created for deep, intimate relationships and they don't need to have sex to be fulfilled and deep and beautiful. Friendship is a gift to each one of us. Friendship is available to each other. Married people with single people, single people with single people. This is especially good news uh, for those of us who are perhaps in difficult marriages or we're struggling with same-sex attraction. And there are some here today who are in one or both of those. Friendship is a beautiful gift and this is the place where we should experience it. Because we love one another because we've been loved. We can be friends with other people because we have been made friends by the almighty creator, God himself, through the gift of his son, who is a friend to us, a friend that's way closer than any brother. I'm gonna pray for us. Um, Thanks, Jess. The musicians will come. We'll close our time by by singing with thankfulness to our God and friend. But I'm gonna pray that, especially any of us this morning who are feeling that, that heaviness or that weight or that, Um, the loneliness. I'm going to pray that God would reach out by the goodness of his Holy Spirit and touch our hearts. Let's pray. Father God, um, thank you so much for Proverbs and for friendship. Thank you for the words that you speak to us about it. And Father, we thank you that we can be good friends, that we can enjoy friendship here on earth. And that you will, you're guiding us and teaching us on how we can do that. Would you help us to apply this wisdom to our lives? But Lord, we also come and we acknowledge that sometimes we feel lonely. Sometimes we have friendships that, that fail. Or friendships that are unhealthy. So Lord, we ask that you'd bring healing to our hearts. And if, if we feel that loneliness this morning, Lord, would you provide for us, each of us, a good, deep friend? But Lord, we, we heard again this morning, Lord Jesus, that you are the friend, the great friend. And so Lord, in our, even in our loneliness or our brokenness, we, we turn to you because you're the friend that will never fail us. You're the friend so close that will walk with us in the sun and then in the shade for all eternity. So Lord Jesus, if we know you, would you help us to cast ourselves on you, to cast our cares on you, to find in you our deepest satisfaction and fulfillment. And Lord, if we don't know you yet, Lord, by your Spirit, would you touch hearts today so that men, women, children might come to know you as their friend, the wonderful friend. Lord Jesus, we ask this in your name. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to know more about our church, or if you'd like to donate to the work of City on a Hill, please visit cityonahill.com.au.